Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. George Brockler back with you here, 710 KNUS. Thanks for sticking around for the second hour of four. We're with you till 10. And then, of course, it goes Charlie Kirk and then uh, Dennis Prager, Seb Gorka, and um, a guy named Brandon Tatum. And then we go right back to live and local from 6 to 10 a.m. tomorrow and every day thereafter. Um, Listen, one thing we wanted to wrap up before I get into this discussion of what took place huge yesterday in the pursuit of the Republican nomination for president. And if you're a 710 listener, I know you know what it is, but we'll talk about it in just a moment. But I did want to pay some particular attention to something Billy ended with, and that was a discussion of the big man, Zim. Uh, Nice, nice words by Billy. But we got a little bit of sound. There are folks that are new enough to Colorado that maybe they don't remember the big man in terms of his voice and how iconic it was and how much it was associated with the Broncos. Uh, Billy, you've got something on that? Welcome to Mile High Stadium on a sunny November afternoon. Hi, everybody. This is Larry Zimmer. And hello, everybody. Welcome to Arrowhead Stadium. This is Larry Zimmer. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the AFC Championship game matching the defending conference champion Buffalo Bills and the Denver Broncos. I'm Larry Zimmer. Here comes the blitz. He steps away from it and lets the pass go on. He's going for a touchdown. You're kidding me. Stand sharp makes it count. The fourth down and ten play. Always got the ball. John is back. Runs up out of the pocket. Let's the pass go. It's caught. Johnson to the 40. 35. 30. 25. And out of bounds. At the 21 yard line. The Oakey. No way in the gun. He's got some time. There's the pass going long. Marshall. Touchdown. 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 Yes. And the Broncos strike in a hurry. Way to work. Throw the Hail Mary here with six seconds to go, feeling it is outside of Elam's range. Elway's in the shotgun, steps up in the pocket, looking long. Here goes the pass. Rod Smith up. He got it! Broncos win! Elway's got the ball to the end zone. Vince Johnson, touchdown! Well, I tell you, unbelievable. And another fantastic finish. The Denver Broncos are going to win this thing. Oh, 35 yards. The snap, the kick is on the way. He landed. it. The Broncos win. Denver 20 and the Kansas City Chiefs 17. An unbelievable game that had its peaks and valleys all over the place. And Denver walks off the field a winner. That's uh, the big man, Don Zimmer. I, I have to say, uh, Billy, that... Um, I'm sorry, Larry Zimmer. I was thinking Yankees there for a moment. Larry Zimmer. Um, he was the he was the voice of uh, my youth for the Broncos. Everything I remember about the Broncos when we couldn't watch the game. I mean, I remember listening to Broncos Raiders 
with Craig Morton, Kenny the Snake Stabler, who must be a favorite of yours, Billy, just because of the snake thing. And uh, and it was uh, Larry the whole time. I mean, his voice, I don't even remember who his partners were until Dave Logan hooked up with him because he was just so iconic. The, the play-by-play stuff that he called was such great radio. And what I love to hear, because I never got a chance to meet the man, what I love to hear is your description of just what a great human being he was. That uh, that makes me feel He good. really was. And um, for years, his wife was his spotter at the games. Now, okay, wow. so, so people, that, people wow. that don't know the, the inner workings behind the scenes, there are a lot of people that go into making the people that do the talky-talky stuff on the TV and the radio look good. A lot of them. And one of those people is the spotter. Having a good spotter is really the key to being good on play-by-play. Because what the spotter does is many times, because uh, you're so far away from the field, they'll, have, they'll be watching the play and many times even have binoculars. And what they'll do is you have a roster in front of you. And when a person makes a tackle or a person makes a catch, the spotter puts their finger on that person's name on the roster list. So the person goes, and that's a oh, tackle wow. by Mecklenburg. That's how they know. It's oh, the spotter's job to figure it out. The, the, the play-by-play person is working on how to describe what happened. The spotter is the person that is dotting the I's and, and crossing the T's. And for years it was his wife. And it was adorable because they had this wonderful relationship to where she knew exactly what he needed before he was going to say it. And the, the idea that she knew which name to point to and where That's to go. Really impressive. Yeah, based on so how impressive. he was going to describe it. The idea that she knew he was going to need this person's name for that play. He was going to need this for that play. It, it was a Adorable. It was amazing to watch. I think that's a, that's yeah. a great partnership story. Oh, I look at the age yeah. that he's passing on. One, I think about my dad, but two, I, I do the math, and I'm like, man, the maybe I've got far fewer years left in front of me than I have yeah. behind me, and I never think about it in those terms, but I'm like, holy crap, what am I going to do here yeah. in the next 30 years to have left some positive mark? And uh, every day I'm on radio tells me that I'm making the hole deeper. So it's yeah. going to be really hard to get to neutral. It's be even worse. Um, the, something happened yesterday that we had predicted on the show last week. I predicted it would happen by Thursday. Uh, we knew that Ron DeSantis wasn't going to win Iowa. I thought that unless he had a strong showing that he would be out of the race by Thursday. Uh, he turns out to have pulled about 20% of the vote, which is a distant 30, 31 points behind DJT, but also only about a point ahead of Nikki Haley. And while Thursday came and went without any sort of an announcement, by Sunday morning, if you watched any of the, the Sunday morning shows to get a sampling of what they thought news was, Ron had the night before canceled all of his appearance on Sunday morning shows. And then shortly after those shows went to air, uh, Ron DeSantis made this statement right here. Billy. Winston Churchill once remarked that success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. While this campaign has ended, the mission continues. Down here in Florida, we will continue to show the country how to lead. Thank you, and God bless. That's, uh, that's Ron DeSantis signing off from his presidential campaign. Even though I was certain it was going to happen, just hearing it happen really brings it home, folks. This is now a two-person race, and that's unfair 
to treat them like their equivalents. Donald Trump is so far ahead nationally and in most of the states, it is hard to imagine now at this point what a two-person race does. Are there other people out there running? Sure, who cares? But tomorrow night will be the New Hampshire primary. That's a big deal. Very different than the caucuses, a different composition of Republican in New Hampshire than Iowa. As we know from the past, as Trump knows, Iowa not really much of a canary in the coal mine in terms of something positive for a campaign. It doesn't win you an election. It could cost you one. And I think that's what we saw here with Ron DeSantis. But I wanted to get your feedback at 303-696-1971. Now what? You know, over the weekend, we saw Ron, by the way, throw his weight behind Donald Trump. And Tim Scott came out with a very interesting high energy, but kind of awkward to watch. Billy, I don't know if you saw that thing where he took to the podium and. Yeah, I saw a little of it. It it was just a little odd. It was just a little odd. the, The amount of enthusiasm he had for Trump. And then Ron bends the knee as well. And then something interesting albeit completely predictable, happens. The minute he bows out of the race Trump is li- and throws his weight towards Trump, it's like all things are forgiven. All oh, of yeah. a sudden now, all those people out there that had been, you know, crap talking Ron and all this are all like, you know what, 2028, I could support Ron in 2028. Even Trump, and there was sound out there for that somewhere I saw it on social media, where he's being interviewed, and he said he's officially retiring the name De Sanctimonious. Uh, ask, sir, and you shall what? receive. He just said, will I be using the name Ron De Sanctimonious? I said, that name is officially retired. <laughs> retired. Yeah. See, I'm like a low You say it, and sometimes I can find it. Not always. Yeah, the, buddy, that's magical, You're the welcome. way you do that. Um, anyway, it's... Um, it's disappointing in a way because I was ready for Ron. I've been ready for Ron for about a year. But what happened, man? And does it make any difference here? Does this make this really a two-horse race, even though one of those horses is a Clydesdale and one is a Shetland pony? Does it make it a two-horse race, and does that make a difference? I'm anxious to hear what your thoughts are. And does Ron, if you're an I was always a Trump person, if you're that person, does Ron's bowing out at this point and throwing his support behind Trump change your view of him? Does it make you feel like this guy is now playing a longer game? He's a viable candidate for the 2028 election. You know, uh, the polling out there in New Hampshire is interesting. It's not altogether um, consistent like some folks have. Uh, Trump up by 18. There was one poll that had Trump up by 14. Either way, that's double digits. That That's a big one. But there's other polls out there that have it as a much more narrow gap. Here, here's one right here. Likely Republican voters as of January the 20th. That's Saturday. Um, here's one. Nikki Haley, 44% Trump 46%. That's an ARG, an American research group poll that to, uh, that was of um, the 2024 likely voters for the New Hampshire Republican primary. Here's what's interesting about New Hampshire, too. You may not have, have heard this. Biden may not win New Hampshire. That's right. If you'll remember, Iowa 
and New Hampshire had always been one and two for a long time. And by always, I mean decades, right? One and two for decades. And then along came 2020. And Biden was on life support. And uh, Jim Clyburn, senior congressman from South Carolina, ends up getting South Carolina. He comes out, endorses Biden, and his support and weight and endorsement in South Carolina gives Biden South Carolina. And had Biden lost South Carolina, his campaign likely would have been over. But he breathes new life into it, and lo and behold, he wins. As a, I don't know, I don't know if it's payback is the right term, but in response to that, Biden, the head of the Democrat Party, for all intents and purposes, then encourages a shifting around of the calendar so that South Carolina would become the very first uh, primary in the Democrat nomination process. And everybody was going to be told, you have to bend a knee to this thing. You have to give in. And so the Democrat National Committee was going to say to Iowa things like, if you don't do this, we may not seat your delegates. We may not count your delegates. We may beat you over the head with tofu, stuff like that. And so Iowa caved in. But you know who didn't cave in? The uh, live free or die state. <laughs> I mean, the, oh, that's Delaware. The uh, The Granite State. Is that New Hampshire? Yeah, um, I was going to get the name at some point. New Hampshire said, screw you. We think you're completely mistaken. We're not. It's baked into our Constitution. We will be the number one state, the number one primary to kick off. The, so so Biden's not on the ballot. So there's a massive write-in campaign taking place in New Hampshire to get the ballot because that dude, uh, Dean, is that his name, Billy? The the other guy that's that no one can remember that's running as a Democrat to give uh, Democrats a voice. I can't remember that dude's name, but he is, uh, he's running and there's a very real, I'm sorry, it's Phillips. So sorry, Phillips. If you look at the polling, Phillips has 32%. Biden has 54%. That's a drop off by the way, over the last couple of weeks of about four points. And, uh, and the beneficiary of that has been Phillips. Here's the weird part though. You got to write him in. If you don't write him in, he doesn't win the vote. So being supported in the primary may not be enough. Um, voters, I don't know if they know to do the write-in thing. So that's interesting. I don't think it changes the ultimate outcome. I think Joe Biden ends up becoming the nominee. I also still think that Trump ends up becoming the nominee. But the question I have is, what what went wrong with Ron? Why not Ron? 303-696-1971. What did he do wrong? Why didn't he have the support? Because he is a Trump guy, right? Like, I mean, Trump was a big supporter of his, maybe the best governor in America over the last few years, based on what he'd done with Florida, took a blue, uh, that's not true, took a purple state, a swing state, and made it solidly red. One of the states that's a go-to place for people fleeing other places like California and other states that can't figure out how to manage people or freedom for that matter. And they've all gone to Florida. He took on Disney, whether that was smart or not. I mean, this is a guy who had all the makings of a Republican superstar. And he just ran into this Trump buzzsaw. I've read over the weekend I don't know, a couple few deep dives on what went wrong with DeSantis's campaign. And this may be something there needs to be a book written about. And it's a failure of leadership and organization. And the leadership thing, even though I don't think Ron DeSantis is pulling all the levers, 
the decision to pick certain people to be decision makers can be life or death for any organization. And it feels like here they made all the wrong decisions early on. If you remember the first biggest thing, and I remember Billy talking about this too, was, uh, do you remember Ron's rollout? He wasn't going to go with the traditional media. He wasn't going to go with the, uh, you know, the main street stream media and all that stuff. No, no, no. He was going to launch on X. So he and Elon got together to roll this thing out and it was a technological disaster. The servers that X relied upon couldn't handle the flow. There were glitches. Things didn't start on time. They stopped and they started. And it turned out to be, in many ways, indicative of the rest of the campaign. And so they just misfired on so many things. The stories I read had him burning through. He had huge fundraising numbers and huge commitments from the the folks who were like, I'm ready to move on from DJT, all of these big funders. He had this super PAC, the never back down PAC that is now back down, I suppose. And uh, the stories that have come out of this thing are crazy about how much money they burned through. They hired a bunch of staffers prematurely, unlike any other campaign, and burned through millions of dollars, like within two or three, four months. Like half of those staffers were let go in order to constrain and try to stop the bleeding, the hemorrhaging of money. How do you get there? I mean, what's that? What is that calculus that led to that? And there needs to be some honest after action report looking at. But from from your standpoint, 303-696-1971, what went wrong and what does it mean for the future? Dwayne, you're on 710 KNUS. Dwayne, what do you think? Good morning, sir. Well, let's hey, sir. see here. We look at everything. What did I say two weeks ago? DeSantis would be out and Haley will be out by South Carolina because she won't make eight points. I have a feeling tomorrow night we'll see how that uh, conscription comes along. How do, you, how do you think she does now in a clear field where it's just she and, and Donald Trump? Have you seen the storm that's being hit with her on the globalism and everything else? And now the fact she's had a couple of affairs. The outside storms are just going to destroy her with everybody. She doesn't. I've I mean, seen if the globalist makes... thing's been around for a long time, and the uh, yeah. corporatist thing has been around for a long time. Um, I just do you think that she's done after tomorrow? Because the polls don't have her getting eight points there. But do you think she's done by there, or does she wait it through South Carolina, or does she live on to Super Tuesday? She doesn't live past uh, next next week. Uh, it's, it's, really. I mean, I, I look at it on the situation of the following: Vivek stepped, or Vivek, excuse me, stepped out. Yeah. He put his support behind him. Tulsi Gabbard is a uh, quiet, but extremely everybody wants to have vice presidential candidate. So we need to see how that's going to play. Uh, listen, Tim Scott. Tim Scott was a really nice guy, and nice guy. Governor DeSantis. I mean, that poor man couldn't get traction if he was, you know. Uh, on our ice and razor blade floor, he couldn't get traction. What's the, what's the reason just, for that, Dwayne? What, what happened with him? Because he sat there and took it as a coronation. It was like, I'm going to become president. He was blowing $5 million a day plus wow. in the places. I mean, the money flowing through was there. And unfortunately, is this a guy that absent Trump, absent the year of Trump here, and this will be the last time that people get a chance to vote for this guy for president, does he fare better? 
I think he's got a much better shot then. I think the biggest thing behind all of this is that when they put the first indictment against DJT, that somebody sat there and said, you know what? That's going against me. And take it for what it is. Every one of those indictments, he gets more numbers. He gets more popular. I have a belief that a lot of people are sitting there saying, had the Democrats just left him alone, he'd have floundered. But every time they pick on him, he gets better. He gets stronger. I mean, it's like kryptonite. I do think there's something to that, Dwayne. The idea that his polling numbers, even in New Hampshire, shifted quite a bit. Ron, at one point, was leading everyone in the polls in New Hampshire. And then the dude had he stood for the primary tomorrow would have been slaughtered. But a lot of the change was because of what you just said, which is I think that more and more Republicans, I don't know about unaffiliated, I can't say, but Republicans... Look at these attempts to keep Trump off the ballot in Colorado and to indict Trump for this or that. Whether there's merit to it or not is less relevant than the idea that they view it as an attack by the establishment and the Dems to try to keep them from being able to vote for a guy. And they're going to stand up and now they're going to support this guy where maybe they wouldn't have before. Well, the biggest thing about Americans that I love and glad I'm here is the fact of the following. Oh, I'm sorry. You said I can't do that? Here, let me go get my diesel truck, which I never thought about doing, and coming down there and showing you some flamethrowers about how excited I am to do whatever X, Y, and Z you're against. The World Economic Forum recently stated, election voting will be something of a uh, dream of the past. What? Where was that? Holy crap. That was during the Davos thing, and they're sitting there saying, elections will just be a thing of the past. And right now there's a poll that says elites versus America. That elites, Harvard, Princeton, Georgetown, are now saying energy, air conditioning, meat should all be rationed down to the little people. And we will have control to tell them what is best. We know better. And this is the thing that's coming. This is a country of two sides of a coin, and the coin is becoming much wider. We're looking at third world nation status. We have our first illegal aliens up here. Oh, excuse me undocumented people traveling through the country by breaking the law and not coming through and being vetted. And they're up here now in the school district and we have Elon Musk trying to shoot to Mars. Think about that for a second. Dwayne, outside of that stuff, do you feel like DeSantis has a future run in him in 2028? He talked a lot about on the campaign trail about how many Trump supporters came up to him and said, Hey, I like you, man, but I'm all in for Trump. But Hey, next time. Again, this was just that storm that had to be. Donald had to come back and prove that he was right. He's showing it, like as we said earlier. Hit him, the people start to follow him. This is the thing. They throw kryptonite. They're trying to throw kryptonite, and they're feeding him. Uh, Tim Scott, DeSantis came in. He was quiet. You need to sit there and have fireballs right now. Look at the Democrats. They're throwing up. He's one of the strongest, smartest, busiest men ever. And I'm like that sack of. Uh, Cornhusk, Biden is an exciting man. Are you kidding me? I'm surprised he doesn't sit there, drop the floor, and go, Mommy, I'm in a boom boom. I mean, you know, come on. I'm so scared of the the idea that that a Biden presidency part two means really a Kamala Harris one point. I mean, that's that has to impact voters at some level. Like normally the election for president and and Trump said this, by the way, this weekend to Brett Bear. The election for president rarely has anything to do with the vice president. They usually don't. 
This one might be different, right? Because people's perception of Biden, even within their own party, is that this guy is teetering on some kind of a medical issue that would not allow him to be functioning as president anymore. Hell, we may have already had it. We don't know. But the the idea that Kamala Harris could be sworn in makes me make a little pee-pee. Oh, it makes me make a lot. That hospital up in Denver that's lost $130 billion by caring for illegals. You know know about that hospital? That's a lot. It's a ton. ton. I put that out on a conversation, and you would not believe the amount of Americans who sat there and said, good, they need it. And I'm like, you're sacrificing your own health care options to give to an illegal, and you feel that this is a good thing. That's the mindset we're fighting against as conservatives. They're like, it's, it's okay to give illegals everything because, by God, I don't have it. They should get it. And it's like, you do realize every time that happens, your status becomes less and less. It, it, it's just another vehicle, too, to, to end up growing government. Dwayne, hey, thanks for the phone call, man. 303-696-1971 is the number. Chris, everybody else calling in. I promise I'll get to you. i got to cut away for a quick break here. Not till I tell you about Gay Ribble and the Empower Home team. If you're looking to get out, I, I see more and more ads, by the way, on Facebook, on well, mostly Facebook, not really Twitter, but on Facebook, more and more realtors, folks that I know, friends of mine that, I'm, that are now saying, hey, the market's starting to heat up. I can feel it. Here's another listing. Here's this. Here's that. I'm starting to get more emails, all this other stuff. Um, be part of the crowd that figures out a way to navigate these waters without getting punched in the face with too high of a price for a home or you jump too early or too late on the mortgage rates, there's one person to call, one team to call. That's Gay Ribble with the Empower Home team of Keller Williams. Three, I'm sorry, 833-301-SOLD, 833-301-SOLD. These folks sell more than others. They sell faster than others. They sell for more money than others. They make you a guarantee that if they can't sell your house at the time and the price that you guys agree upon, they'll just give you the cash, which is the difference. Who does that? I've, I've heard of some folks out there advertising saying, he'll give you five. They don't limit how much they give you. They'll tell you, we're so confident we can put you in the end zone. We'll make up the difference. That's pretty impressive. Check them out at sellwithcertaintycolorado.com. Sellwithcertaintycolorado.com. When we come back, Chris, others, whoever's filling in here on Dwayne's line, it's George Brockler, 710 KNUS. George Brocker back with you here, 710-KNUS. Ron DeSantis out. It is now a two-person race. That is not to say that they're equivalent, but it's down to Mano Imana or something like that. Donald Trump, Nikki Haley, the last two standing. I still fully expect Donald Trump at this point to win the nomination, but I want to talk to you about the Ron DeSantis thing. and What does that do to your vote? There are folks out there who are listening right now who are Ron people. What do you do? First off, how do you explain his failure? And it was a failure. And uh, and what now? What now? Does this change where you're going to send your vote? 303-696-1971. Chris, you're on 710 KNUS. Chris, what do you think? I think Ron DeSantis' mistake was he didn't wait four years. He shouldn't have never went up against Donald Trump. I didn't want to see. I like them both. I didn't want to see them fight it out and insult each other. And, uh, you know, I mean, Donald Trump was going to cream him more than likely. And I'm just glad he didn't damage his brand like when Ted Cruz went up against Trump 
And Ted Cruz, I don't think, ever really recovered his reputation do, when he got creamed feel, by Trump. Do, do, do you feel like at all it's damaged in this way? I mean, during the time that he ran, Trump characteristically said a whole bunch of negative things, calling him de sanctimonious. He tried some other names. He said he was disloyal and all this other stuff. And then it seems like with just the simple announcement of I'm out and I'm supporting Trump, all of a sudden it was like the prodigal son. You know what I mean? He was brought right back into the fold and they killed the fatted calf for him. Is that how you feel about Ron now? You know, I, like I said, I don't think he didn't get insulted as bad as Ted Cruz and his wife did and, and then yeah, endorsed Trump and then turn around and go, OK, I'm for Trump. But that didn't look good for Cruz at all. DeSantis, I think, could bounce back from this. Did, were you a Trump supporter, even when uh, yes, Ron jumped into the race? Yes. And what was I the reason Ron, why you— And I, I was open to Ron. I was open to both yeah. of them still, but I was I was leaning towards Donald Trump. But but why? Why Trump over DeSantis? Uh, I think he— I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel some loyalty to him because I feel he was a good president. Uh, I think he did some great things, and I, I feel like he, he had the best shot of pulling it out. I still feel that, of winning over Biden. Is there? What's your thought on Nikki Haley, then, now that it's a Nikki-Don race? What, do you, what are your thoughts? She's, uh, you know, and I, regrettably, I voted for Mitt Romney. Uh, didn't want to, but that's what she is. She's one of those. Is your sense, Chris, that she's not the right fit for president? And here's another one of those folks where, you know, how with DeSantis, Trump supported him, kind of probably breathed some life back into his gubernatorial campaign that first time around and so feels like he was disloyal. Well, Nikki Haley was Trump's choice for ambassador to the United Nations and by all accounts did a nice job. But then once she runs against him, She's horrible, and now he's questioning whether or not she could even serve as president based on some, you know, Obama-like birth certificate thing or something like that. Any of that resonate with you? Has she lost luster because Trump has turned on her, or did she do something different after leaving his administration? Yeah, she talked she trash about Trump. No, she's been talking trash about Trump as soon as, I think, January 6th hit. And she's been in the media before she ever ran for president talking. And, yeah, and she just seemed very disloyal. And, uh, you know, and I think that, that was, in my opinion, that has been one of Donald Trump's Achilles heels was he tended to pick people that turned on him. I don't know if he's a poor judge of character or what, but it seemed like That's as soon as people left though, his it? administration. Well, yeah, I mean, as soon as they left his administration, they're writing books, they're talking trash. They're whatever, you know, so I, I don't know. It, I'm glad you, you brought that up, Chris, because I've been wanting to ask this of folks, too. Is that a measure of the man also? I mean, here's a guy that's been a business leader for decades and made all this money and built all these buildings and all that other stuff. The fact that this guy seems to pick an inordinate number of folks who so quickly turn on him during or shortly after their time with him, is that a reflection of him? as someone who can identify talent or can't, or is it something else? I, I think it is, but I, I, it surprises me because he's been so successful in his business and, you know, his uh, presidency that you think he'd be a better judge of character by now. I don't know. <laughs> well, then if that's true, why continue to support him as the number one choice? 
Um, is it because of the alternatives, or is it because there there's some you other know, stuff I that he's done that you feel like overshadowed? I feel he's been treated so unfairly that you know you kind of got to stand behind the guy. You know, I mean, I you know he's been his in many ways his own worst enemy. But, uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate what the man did for our country, and I felt like he was fighting for the little guy, for people like me that was ignored by the Republican establishment for many, many years, you know, while they're feeding us what the did, Mitt Romneys and the whatnot. Chris, what was, that, what was that thing he did that you thought was reflective of his commitment to guys like you or guys like me or Billy? I mean, he talked about the border. Nobody wanted to do that. things like that, just common sense things that we've been sitting there like, and why are we doing this? Why are we paying all this money to the United Nations? Why are we doing all this? And he's the first guy to come out and say, yeah, you know what? Maybe we should look at this stuff. Are you bummed at all that he didn't get it done with the wall and the Mexico paying and all that stuff? I never really believed Mexico was paying. I always thought maybe he's got either. a better idea that I don't know. <laughs> I but I, I felt that was campaign hyperbole, which they all do. You know, like I said, you know, every now and then his mouth got the best of him. But I think I wished he would have got more things accomplished. But I think he did more uh, that I liked than uh, any, uh, you know, I uh, you know, and I'm glad he was talking about the endless wars, too. You know, about, well, wait a minute, why are we doing all this? When do you think Nikki gets out of the race? Dwayne had thought it was as early as uh, this week after after New Hampshire. What are your thoughts? I'm not sure. I think she might try to stick around and try to, at the very least, get her rounds on TV some more, maybe a book deal. I, I don't know, to be honest. No chance she pulls this off in your mind. No, no. Yeah. If this DeSantis I... couldn't do it, she's not going to. <laughs> well, it's interesting because she really started to show that she was the alternative, that she was the number two. And, and the part that we'll have to find out now is, does it matter to have a clear field? Um, it, it, I just don't know if it matters enough for her to win. Uh, part of the problem here is that Trump has such a commanding control of the party itself and the grassroots and all that other stuff. She really has to hope that there is an equal or greater number of Republicans or in states like Colorado, unaffiliated, who are going to rise to the challenge here. And I don't think it's going to happen. And, and Chris, what you said, I think, and Dwayne brought this up, I do think that this is going to become, in, in the after action of this, the reason why, and that is, Trump has been attacked so consistently, so viciously, and in some cases so unfairly by not just the mainstream media now, but seemingly, you know, prosecutors here, there, and everywhere, that I think there's a growing sense of, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're picking on this guy so much, and we don't like you to begin with. We're going to end up supporting this guy to some extent because of how badly he's been treated. And I, I think that that, I think the Dems and the liberals and the progressives or whatever they call themselves have missed the plot here. And that is the more they, they try to victimize Trump, the more support he gets. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, they're trying to not just take him out of the election, but destroy him and his family personally, financially, any way they can. And it's, it's very sad. Yeah, it, it is sad. Hey, Chris, thanks for the great phone call and the time on this. Chris's line is open, 303-696-1971. Hey, Billy, do we have Frank? 
Frank, you are on 710. Tell me what you're thinking, Frank. Hey, I couldn't agree more with the, I forget his name, was just speaking, but yep. Chris. Americans have an incredible sense of fairness, and uh, even though I disagree that that had a, that this, these, all these lawsuits and everything had a huge effect on it, the major effect, the reason why Trump is winning and is going to win is because the cult members, MAGA cult members like me, are so friggin' tired of the rhino Republicans voting for them for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and look where we are, George. Look what we got. And was Trump able to change that in his, hand in in his hand. term in office? What's that now? Well, I was, I was going to ask, was Trump able to change that in his term in office? He got a good start something? on it. Do you expect him to finish whatever it is that you think he's doing here in the second term if he gets that? George, it's, it's taken us 50 years to get here. You expect him to do it in two terms, and that's why I think DeSantis screwed up, like the other caller said. Yeah. If he would have been just a little patient, he could have been president. He could have been the VP and then the president. But he he didn't have any patience. That's, patience is not a, not a politician's uh, um, characteristic, I guess, but... The only chance that Haley's got at this point is if, if Trump has a massive coronary, you know, and then sadly, Haley, another rhino, would be back in. Should be doing the same thing they've been doing for 20, 30, 40, and we're just so tired of it, George. That is a major factor about us cult members. We are just what, so uh, friggin' tired. Was it just timing was Ron doomed from the beginning, or was there anything else? Was there anything Ron yeah, could have no ever way. done to win this thing? It's like, it's like the Seventh Fleet taking on the friggin' Hootie and the Blowfish in the Red Sea. Give me a break. You know, I mean, one railgun takes out the entire Iranian Navy. And Trump is, Trump's a master. Do you think Trump will do with, that? Do what? Take Use out a railgun to take out the Iranian oh. Navy. <laughs> um, no, he'd probably do it much smarter than that. I'm just saying they could do it. The... Um, uh, instead of losing two seals, um, it's the, the, you know it's insane that we did that. Um, the uh, I don't know what Trump will do. I do know he won't do what the same, the rhinos have been doing for fifty years while I've been reliably voting for them for fifty years, and I'm just angry. You and the, the same, same thing with I. What's that now? Well, you feel that Reagan same way about first Reagan? Republican. Yeah, yeah, Go but ahead, I mean, he, he's part of that fifty-year analysis. Do you feel like Reagan was some sort of a sellout rhino or whatever well he was he had a reagan was awesome um there's no there's nothing nothing no one's perfect but reagan cut a deal on the border with the democrats and of course democrats do what they always do they screwed him over just like bush senior cut a deal on taxes and guess what republicans did they screwed i mean democrats did they screwed him over this is, and here's another point I want to make about Well, hold on. Trump. The Bush one was a little self-inflicted, right? You go out there and yeah, sign no new taxes, and then you sign on to new taxes. Yeah. You've cut your own throat. Yeah, yeah he, true that. And, but still, the Democrats could have done it. They could have worked together, but they didn't. The Democrats screwed him over. But here's another point about Trump I'd like to make. He's, he's got a huge ego, let's face it. Tell me a politician who doesn't. <laughs> you think? Um, yeah. <laughs> Exactly, George. I mean, I got an ego. You got an ego. Billy's got an ego. Um, here's the thing is that um, I think he's learned now. He, see, his ego made it so that the people he hired in his first administration, he, he thought he could turn them. 
You know, he was thinking, yeah, I can turn these people. Yeah, I can manipulate them. He's over that now. And I think if you saw his, his uh, interview with, uh, I forget who he was interviewing with, but he said that he, uh, you know, there's no way a DeSantis is coming in. There's no way Haley's coming in. He's got too many good people around him. And I think that's over now where he thinks he can turn people. Can't turn them, dude. You got to just get rid of them. You got to nuke them. And that'll yeah. be another plus in his administration. How does this turn out tomorrow, New Hampshire? And, and I don't mean just who wins, well, but I mean by how much. Um, well, I don't know. I've, I've told you guys many times about the Trafalgar group with, uh, with uh, what's his name, uh, Cudahy or something. You need to look at that poll. He's, he's saying, and he's almost never wrong. He has been wrong a few times. He's almost mm-hmm. never wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's saying, I, I think he's saying 60 points for Trump. I'm not sure. Um, but anyway. Uh, 60? Yeah. And that points or whatever it is. Out of New Hampshire? You're talking about he's going to get 60% of the vote or whatever it is? Yeah, that's what he's saying. Um, that would be see, that would be a huge blow. That'd be a punch I, to the face for Nikki. Yep. Yeah, and Nikki, the only like I said, the only way Nikki wins is if if Trump has a massive coronary. Then almost then we get Nikki. Lucky us, huh? I'm well, a should Ron have stayed Republican in then? Voter. Should Ron have stayed in to be the alternate in case that happens? Well, he's got no money. The money goes away, you go away. The money's yeah, but, gone. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Is if the goal here was, hey, it's Trump, 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 but there's this chance maybe that he has this. I, I don't think he has one, but let's say he has a medical thing. There's no fallback now that's acceptable to the MAGA crowd. Well, unfortunately, I'll do the same thing I've been doing for 50 friggin' years, George, and that's vote Republican, even though they won't do Jack, and I know they won't do Jack. Well, you get a Reagan in there, and I I agree the amnesty thing was... It probably made more sense at the time than it does in the rearview mirror for the reasons you described. But, uh, it made I do perfect think the, sense. Yeah, I do think the it border made. ends up becoming the dominant issue of this campaign. I just yep. At this and, point, and you can thank, by the way, Greg Abbott, right? Like, But for Greg Abbott, oh my gosh, we're yeah. not having the same conversation where Mike Johnson Johnston is going out to D.C. He's, to beg for money. You know, you don't have Pritzker. Oh, my gosh. Greg Abbott is the is the untold hero of getting this issue out there to uh, to more Americans because sending those folks to all of those sanctuary cities what an eye opener you know it's welcome never been welcome more true. to the party pal it's welcome never been party, more pal. true where where when a politicians and I'm talking about the democrats or the communists now where a communist party politicians lips are moving he's lying and you know it's becoming more and more apparent to even even the you know people who watch the View every day, it's just becoming obvious they're getting lied to, and you know when the when the gov when all these city mayors and governors stand up and say, oh, Greg Abbott's causing this, how can Greg Abbott be causing this? What you're not part of America? You know the next thing I'm expecting is you know but, but, I, 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 I hold on hold on Frank I'm okay I'm okay with him taking credit yeah blame Greg Abbott yay clap for Greg Abbott yeah, exactly yes I want Greg Abbott to get credit for this because if this isn't happening it's just Arizona New Mexico and Texas that are absorbing oh, these blows and that's, that's I, what I, I meant it. to say I don't know if I came across wrong but that's I agree with you George that's absolutely correct. But the next thing that's going to happen is, and I lived in Texas for a while. I love Texas. Texans are so nice to people, best people I ever met. Those people, yep. it don't it, rule out the fact that they would go for secession, man, because they got the right to do yeah. that. 
Hey, Frank, do me a favor, buddy. Keep listening. Keep calling in. We got to cut away, man. I took us long just because I appreciate the conversation. Frank's line is open at 303-696-1971. George Brockler, 710-KNUS. George Brockler back with you here, 710 KNUS. Wrapping up this second hour of four, we're going to come back and continue this conversation. Jim and others at 303-696-1971. I promise we'll get to you. I didn't want to leave, though, before I did say something about the NFL this past weekend. Uh, man, the Chiefs winning was just, I mean, it just makes me makes me unhappy. I don't know how else to describe it. Other than Jason Kelsey and what he did after the game, it was a t- total disaster. Hey, listen, stick around. We're going to continue this conversation. And what should happen with the money?